You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Booley of ZoneCoverage.com. With me, as always, is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, uh, you know, we are going through the FSN, uh, their classic games that they're going to re-air. Well, um, KFN Radio was replaying the Dallas game, uh, the first Dallas game uh, on the radio, and I forgot... It makes you kind of forget, like, Tom Reed wasn't always his color guy. You know, Tom Reed started off doing two seasons with Mike Goldberg on the TV side. Wow, from the Mighty Ducks? No, from, like, UFC. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's crazy, though. Like, when you go back, they're like, uh, Mike Goldberg was a hell of a play-by-play guy, I thought, for the Wild. I I, I didn't listen to it, so I, I, I wouldn't know, and I wasn't, you know... Listening to the Wild on the radio back in 2000. Yeah, and I certainly had never heard the radio version of it. Um, and I really, I've only seen a couple times on the TV version of it just because I was actually um, there in the stands. And so um, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't really feel the need to like... Uh, <laughs> have to uh, try to relive it but it'll be fun to watch it again too coming up anyways uh that's not what i wanted to talk about right now i just i know that there's a whole lot of nostalgia not a whole lot else to talk about yeah no problem no problem we have a mailbag we do have a mailbag yeah so uh i I think we've got a number of different questions too yeah kind of a variety which is always nice to see so we'll start out we'll start out with uh with one from morpheus from the matrix who asks would you like to see Koivu stay on in a fourth-line mentoring role next year? He kind of slid into that role even this year. Um, me, personally, like, wrote an article early, like, you just, you, this team needs to begin to flip the page. And, and sometimes, as, as good as he has been throughout his career... I feel like sometimes you you have to begin to to uh, to move on, and and that's nothing against Koivu. It's just it's part of the evolution of the of a of a franchise, really. Um, and I think that uh, even even if it's a cheap deal, even if it's a, if, even if he's got more to to give in the tank, uh, I do feel like um, this time is any uh, is probably the right time to rip off that band aid. I just. I also agree that it feels like it's time, at least in the sense that, you know, um, he's at a point where, you know, he's, he's his age is showing. He had just 21 points in 55 games this year and, and you know, lost ice time as the year went on and has looked, uh, I, I hate to say it, but like he looked a little hindered from his ACL injury, so... I don't know. I I could I could look at this from the outside and say like it feels like it's time to me and and it's it's quite possible that uh, that the front office thinks it's time too. I'm not sure, but uh, I think what would kind of be the uh, the fly in that ointment is that he's not really able to go out on his own terms, and I think that that is something that every player should want is is to be able to go out on their terms and and. That's not going to be the case if Koivu walks away this offseason having his career end at uh, at this weird coronavirus shutdown. 
Oh, it's definitely weird, and it certainly feels like we're robbed a bit of a farewell to Miko Koivu, if, if this is truly it. Um, at the same time, like, you know, you can't – I don't know if you, you can just go ahead and, and sign him to a one-year deal and um, and try to have him play just because of reasons, you know, for, for the feel-goods, you know. I think that it's, it's probably best to just say, like, we're sorry. We'll sign you to a one-day contract so you can retire as a Minnesota Wild like they have done with other uh, players across the league. And, and maybe that was maybe that's the way you do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, I'm just going to get these questions in order. I'm not going to mix them up. If you sent them all in at the same time, then I'm just going to read them as such. Um, okay. What's your favorite quarantine activity? I haven't really come up with a great quarantine activity. It's um, I, like I, I, I dragged a rake through the yard the last two days when it was nice out, put down some fertilizer. So hopefully I get some decent green grass early this year um, and help repair some of the damage that the dogs did. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say I've been a lazy ass bum through this quarantine and it's not been good. It's been detrimental on my psyche. And, uh, you know, other than working, I haven't really been um, really doing much and I really should get out and do more, but uh, whew, I just haven't done anything yet. I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing a lot of video games. Uh, that that's been my thing. It uh, it helps me kind of take uh, take my mind off of uh, you know just like the the boredom because it's also getting to me at this point. Mm-hmm. And then of course you know we got this podcast to do, so like that'll take uh, my attention. But like if if I just like need to like shut everything down, that's what I've been doing. I've been uh, whipping out the Nintendo Switch and. Uh, Right now I'm playing through, uh, I already beat Super Mario Brothers U, and then I just got so into it that once I 100%ed it, so like, beat everything, collected every collectible, uh, mm-hmm. found every secret exit, all that stuff, uh, now I am playing through Super Luigi Brothers U, uh, which is just a, a harder version of Super Mario Brothers U. Okay. And, uh, and I will just be doing that until I get bored with it and move on to another game. Makes sense. All right. I know we've got plenty more questions. I know you need probably need to gather them in your hand like a deck of cards here. So let's take a break. Let's let you do that. And uh, we'll come back and take more of your mailbag here on Lockdown Wild. Welcome back to the show. We're doing your mailbag questions here on Lockdown Wild. Uh, Tony, you've got all the questions and uh, hopefully you got them organized. Let's go through them. We're going to keep going with Morpheus from the Matrix. And he asks, uh, which Mighty Duck would have actually made it to the NHL? Mm. You're going to know more than me, Joe. Which Mighty Duck would have made it to the NHL? Uh, probably Adam Banks. <laughs> was um, he just the best one? He was the cake eater, but yeah. And then obviously the main character one was Charlie Conway. Uh, but I would say that Adam Banks probably had the best one. Uh he was the former Hawk, you know, the hated Hawk. And uh, um, because of redistricting, um, they uh, they forced him back onto the Ducks. And uh, he was clearly the better player and, and put that team over the top. So lots of money backing him from his parents. <laughs> yeah. Was in an elite hockey program. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Certainly had the most opportunity. <laughs> 
Ben Remington, what's your stance on poutine? Like it? Love it? Are you an ingredient purist, or are you in favor of adding things like bacon, fried eggs, or other delicious things? Uh, I do love poutine. Um, I know uh, Downtown Bar has a really good one, but uh, and I think you can get it at the State Fair and stuff like that. But actually, when I went up to Brandon, Manitoba last year for um, for my daughter's horse, horse show at Canadian Nationals, we went into a restaurant, and they had a whole menu full of poutine. And it was phenomenal. They had different types of flavors. They had like a Philly cheesesteak poutine. They had like um, chili cheese poutine. They had a bunch of different types of like flavors, just all kinds of concoctions that you come up with. And I would have loved just about every single one of them. Mm -hmm. I also love poutine. I could eat just like a, a pure ingredient poutine. And uh, and I you could probably talk me into eating... Uh, just about anything, as long as it sounds good to me on poutine too. Like I don't, I don't think I would care too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely felt like a fatty afterwards, but man, was it good going yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, like that's just <laughs> uh, that's part of the thing. Is is that's the that's part of the poutine experience. You get to right, yeah. you get to feel as fat as you are. You get to wallow in your own uh, misery afterwards, but uh, and then self loathing. But that's about that's. It was worth it, I think. And I just want to make it clear that uh, that I'm a hecking chonker, so like I'm not <laughs> like I'm not aiming that comment at anybody but me. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna keep going with Ben Remington. Where is Pavel Dimitra in your wild skater ranks? He is second all time in points per game in wild history. Second. <laughs> um. Demetra was very, very good while he was here. But I don't know, like, the real impact. Like, when he was here, the Wild won the Northwest Division, but were ultimately thumped in the first round. And and then I think they were also thumped in the first round the next year uh, between it – was, it was the Anaheim Ducks and the Colorado Avalanche both years. And, like, was he a – Decent regular season player, yes. Um, but I feel like we never really got to really see what he was, uh, what he could have been with with Gabrick, and and uh, and we never got a chance to see the team really build around that type of core. Um, and uh, it was unfortunate. So um, the team, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'd put him probably on the, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd put him in the top 10. My gut says, uh, says that, uh, that Ben had him ranked, uh, cause I'm guessing he's referring to, uh, to, uh, his, his show that you were on, uh, yep. this, uh, this week's episode of, of Giles and the goalies where he had Dimitra fifth all time among players. Yeah. I can understand. Uh, I can understand why he did that. Uh, Dimitra really flourished. Uh, I mean, he was a great player in his own right too. Uh, but he really was good, and, and maybe even underratedly so. And I, I actually think underratedly good alongside yeah. Marion Gabrick in his two seasons there. But that's if you if you miss that, that's where the snag hits for me is that it was two seasons, and uh, I I just don't think it was here long enough to have the impact uh, for for me. Uh, that uh, that I would want 
you know, to, to see to put someone in, in my top 10. I, I tried mm-hmm. to come up with what my top 10 would be, and I got about eight deep uh, with uh, Gabrick at number one, Koivu two, Spurgeon three, Suter four, Parise five, Stahl six, Gramlin seven, Rolston eight. That was my... Wow, okay. That was That's my top eight. And I think once you get past there, you can start considering... Uh, you can start considering Pavel uh, Dimitra, but even then, like I, and this might be like entirely recency bias, right? Even then, I might start looking at guys like Jason Zucker, Nino Niederreiter, uh, you know, guys who Jonas Brodeen might even be sniffing around that top ten at this point. Sure, um, you know, just guys who who've been here for much longer. And maybe didn't make as, as big of an impact as Demetra made in his two games, but like uh Nita Ryder and Zucker, for example, both have uh twice the amount of games that uh that Demetra had here. Uh mm-hmm. you know, like um the same if you wanna say with uh if you wanna say the same thing for Matt Dumba or Jonas Brodeen. Brodeen has like three times as many games. Yeah. You know, being yeah. a uh being a borderline top line uh, defenseman. So like, I don't know, like those, those are the guys that I would, I would start thinking there or, or like, uh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm selling Matt Dumba short. I thought his injury last year would have hurt him uh, more than it, it actually does in terms of games played. Okay. Um, he's got over 400 games in a wild sweater. So like, I don't know, like I said, it could be recency bias, but uh, Andrew Brunette, of course. Yeah, I think what you're doing is you're putting way more defensemen into the top 10 than what maybe he did. So go back and uh, check out uh, that Giles and Goalie podcast that I was a guest on and uh, go through that uh, top 10. The last one from Ben, favorite wild goalie mask. Don't really remember a ton of like specific goalie masks, but I know Dwayne Rollison always had kind of like a gold plated cage on his mask and i always thought that was pretty cool there's one of josh harding's and it looks like it's a bunch of goalie masks on it including nicholas backstrom's (laughs) it wouldn't be bad idea the mask of masks yeah it's pretty meta um yeah i don't know i i don't have there's a a, there's one of uh of josh harding's that i'm looking at now that looks like a toque Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that one was kind of cool too. That's kind of cool. Um, I, I I guess it's not really something that uh that I think about too much. Uh, I'm sorry to say, maybe uh maybe I should think about it more. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I certainly enjoy goalie masks and stuff, but um, I think a lot of times goalies do stuff that means something to them and i certainly would have done that with my catcher's mask that kind of thing just kind of personalize it where it meant something to me so i guess i just let let them have whatever they want it's their it's their thing um there's a couple out there that stick out but it's not like a huge point where i go searching for it harding's got an iron range red mask with uh the minnesota wild crest logo in the middle Mm. i saw that yeah I don't know. Uh, the red pads he had. Ooh. All right, let's take another quick break. We got more questions on the other side. You're listening to Locked On Wild. 
Welcome back to the program here on Locked On Wild here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Joe and Tony. We're going through your mailbag. Tony, let's get the next question out of the way. All right. Dustin asks, if you could pick only one player, who should the Wild look at in free agency? So there can only be one. This is Highlander. <laughs> um, I, I would say, like, they need goaltending. So I would probably say... And I've been on this man I'm on this train for a while now, but if they could land like a Jacob Markstrom, I think that'd be the way to go. Robin Lehner. Or Robin Lehner. I mean, goal You can only pick one. Call. Well, I said Markstrom, but fine. Yep. Yep. But you got to follow the rules. Definitely where I think to go. We have strict rules. Uh, I would say Robin Lehner just to be a bridge to whoever's next. Is it Capo Caca? And then maybe is it, uh, is it Matt Robson? Maybe is it uh, is it Martin Jones or not Martin Jones? Jeez, Hunter uh, Jones. Three, two, one. Is it Hunter Jones? Could be. Is it uh, is it uh, Askarov? Maybe. Ooh. So, uh, what, first round pick. <laughs> could be, uh, especially if Minnesota has two first round picks. So I would say that uh, that the next goalie isn't going to be ready for maybe another two years to take the cage full time. So I would get Robin Lehner for the next two years and then try to have him bridge that gap and kind of phase out in the way that you couldn't do with, uh, with Devin Dubnik. That's something that we probably should talk about too. Uh, remember that it was a conditional first round pick. If the Penguins made the postseason, they had a rough go of it after the Zucker trade. Are they in a position in a playoff position at this point in both points percentage and just straight up points. I got to think that they are. They were, they were so solidly up there. Yeah. But it got scary there for a little bit. And then all of a sudden this abbreviated or an abrupt stop to the season. And who knows if we get a season. So yeah, they're top three in the Metro still, even with, uh, with their skid. So like I, if if there's a postseason, they're going to be in it. Okay, good. <laughs> I was kind of nervous there. If All there's right, not, no. then they lose that first round pick until next year. Yeah, right. All right, you got another question? Yeah, uh, let's keep it going. These next two questions are from Adam. Um, pulled off our email. If you want to email us questions, which we always welcome, please do so at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. That's right, LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Adam asks, what do you think of the Wild being described as an exciting team to go to by the recent college free agent Mitchell Chaffee? Um, I think there's elements of excitement. Certainly Kevin Fiala is exciting. I think, um, you know, the young core can be exciting at times. But overall, um, it feels like it's kind of lip service a little bit. Um like it's just something maybe he, he's trying to say to endear the uh, himself to the fans. Well, here's the thing, right? Like he had to have been excited by something to sign here, right? Like right. multiple teams presumably were recruiting him, and Minnesota does pull into uh, into you know they they pull college free agents into their ranks pretty quickly or pretty frequently, mm-hmm. and yep. you know there's a there's a real good track record of, of Minnesota. Uh, you know, tracking these college guys to to the NHL. Uh, sometimes it's 
uh, it's from, you know, the draft, right? Or even like later picks in the draft, like a lot of their, their successful development stories. Look at guys like, uh, look at guys like Carson Susie, you know, those yep. are, those are college guys. Um, so I, I think that there is, you know, if you're a college free agent, you can definitely look at Minnesota as an organization and be like, Hey, like this is, this is a place where they like college players and they're going to give people like me a shot. You're not always going to get that. And, and granted, there are players that, you know, were signed out of, out of college that uh, that never really made it up here. Uh, the the one mm-hmm. I can think of most prominently was, uh, do you remember Casey Wellman, top prospect? He played. So I remember specifically Casey Wellman. I think he played. He made his NHL debut at the end of a lost season for the wild. It was like Oh nine ish or, or, or 10. It was one of those, uh, Daniel or yeah. Dan Terhar was play by play guy. Wellman made a nice play in the, just inside the offensive blue line to get a real nice shot. And he just lit up Dan Terhar did and like, what is, is that just a show what this kid's going to be in the future, man? What a treat. And I'm just like, wait a second. Like this is his first freaking game. And, um, and of course he fizzled out after that and really became nothing. So, and, and you know, like not all of these guys are going to be something, but like uh, there's, you know, uh, there's, there's a legitimate reason for Chaffee to think that there's going to be an opportunity here. And, you know, like you can point to, you know, guys like, uh, Guys like Kaprizov, guys like Fiala, and say like, "Oh, this is this is an exciting thing that I want to be a part of." I, I, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, I, I I think that most of the excitement probably comes from the fact that like there will be opportunity for for Chaffee yeah. if he plays well. Absolutely. All right, and then the other question that he said was, "Do you think Seattle is ever going to reveal their name?" <laughs> I gotta tell you, it would be super cool if they never did. <laughs> they just showed up in jerseys one day. And not even jerseys with logos or anything, just like colored jerseys. Hmm. Like they they just picked like a unique color scheme that no one else has and made jerseys of that with no logo, no uh no adornments of any kind. Like that would that would be really that would be a baller move. Looks like the guy that was doing the uh the shirts for the beer league team just got a little too wild with all the coloring. <laughs> <laughs> No logo. We don't have a logo, but yeah, dang it, we got some sharp looking jerseys that are all uh colors of the spectrum. If I if I ran a team and just wanted to be like anti corporate, like be like, we're a corporation and we're anti corporation, man. <laughs> it would be uh it would definitely be like the Nirvana thing to do. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That's that's what the logo should be. The, the logo should just be the baby diving after the dollar. <laughs> The uh, the Seattle counterculture. That's no, no. That's a name, man. Is it really? You can't, you can't, you can't pick a name. Well, it's 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 an idea. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so is wild. <laughs> All right, and then I believe you got one more question for us. One more question. Uh, Morpheus from the Matrix again asking me and presumably Joe, but I think mostly me. Which yeah. Pokemon version is the best? I'm going to defer to you. I got no idea. That's, ooh, that's a tough one. Like, if you go back to the first ones, red, blue, and yellow, they are basically unplayable. Uh, if you, it just like, they're so buggy and it's so antiquated 
that like the only way that I can enjoy playing them now is uh is speedrunning them. The second generation games, Gold and Silver, uh pretty good, uh also pretty antiquated at the, in their own right. It's you have to do a lot of grinding to get through those, so uh, I, I like that they had both Kanto and Johto in them. That's great, but uh, but they're out of consideration for me. Um, go to Generation 3. I, I never played Ruby and Sapphire in the on the Game Boy Advance like I, or, uh, or a mod of it or anything. So I haven't played the Gen 3 versions of those games. I have played Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, and that was ah I I did not like the uh, the I thought the idea of Hoenn was cool um in, in terms of how it's laid out and, and the diversity of you know places that you can go I do not like how it is in practice I guess I sure. I don't like actually traversing through it like being able to soar over it and Omega Ruby Alpha, Alpha Sapphire was cool but yeah. I gotta replay Generation 4 again. I might try to find a copy of Platinum and try to do it again. Uh, I tried playing Diamond once, and that was that was pretty tough to get through. I didn't like their HM system at all. I didn't... The, the one thing that I really remember is that route with the fog. It's terrible. I, and that hmm. just kind of ruined the whole perception of, of, of the game, because I would not use the HM to clear the fog because I did not like that. I had to have a fog eight or a defog HM and <laughs> Joe doesn't understand any of this. I'm very sorry. No, I'm... Uh, Generation five is, is another one that like I thought was good at the time. A lot of people hold it in really high esteem in a way that I did not quite. And I'd like to do it again and, uh, and try to see, uh, see it again for a, a second time. So then it's uh then it's X and Y in generation 6, Sun and Moon in generation 7 and Sword and Shield in generation 8. I liked all three of those. Those were all fun and even though there's a lack of a post game, I really loved X and Y a lot. I loved the region Kalos. It looked or I I liked the 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 art style for it. I liked uh I liked the uh the Parisian setting a lot. Um and I liked the introduction of Mega Pokemon. I thought that was a really cool thing that they did. It's been my favorite of, like, I guess the gimmicks when you look at uh, Generation 7 Z-moves and uh, Generation 8's uh, Dynamaxing, which Dynamaxing is better than Z-moves for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked the Mega Pokemon. I liked having the new forms. Um so I, I guess I guess that's it. I guess that's my that's my favorite generation, and and I thank Joe and whoever else is listening that doesn't like Pokemon <laughs> for sitting through that. All right, uh, well, it's probably a good time to end the show. Then you think? <laughs> I think so. After um, my five we... minute Pokemon monologue, <laughs> where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Oh Hi Tony. You can find my work at the Athletic Minnesota. All right, you can find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15 as well as ZoneCoverage.com for all of my work. If you liked today's show, please hit the subscribe button and also download uh, so that your device sends it to you every time that there's a, a new episode So you, and without having to do any work. Uh, leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help us get found by other wild fans such as yourself. 
can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. And you can also get in touch with us like Adam does via email. Email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild. And be sure to check us out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the time being until play resumes to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.